Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. This is horrific. That's it? That's what we lead with? That's what they would have been thinking, 12 of them, when they saw it happening in front of their eyes. They say, that's what we lead with now, God, Jesus. That's what we go in, that's the message. That's what we go into the world with, is it? Death. <laughs> and I think they, they, felt, they felt what we feel. That's ugly. It's, it, that's, un, that's uncomfortable. That's not right. Have you ever wondered why it is that we, we, don't, that we don't think about death as much as we do? Have you ever wondered why we, we find it as horrible as we do? At least uh, the atheist philosopher Albert Camus had the gumption to call a spade a spade. He said, beauty's unbearable. For beauty's just, just a, a glimpse into an eternity that we hope would stretch out forever. And to put another way at looking at it, another great philosopher, Bette Midler, She said, some people's lives are like clocks. They tick away and then one day they stop. And what they're getting at is what we all feel. And it's this problem that the minute that we allow ourselves to wonder again, not just about the wonderful and the beautiful things of life, but the horrible things of life, uh, we're faced with the problem of the implications of death. Is that all there is? Is this it? And so as a result, we try and, we try and make it feel a bit more natural, like even the Lion King, Lion King does that. They wrote a song in The Lion King that talked all about that. It made it sound wonderful and sweet. Basically, let me paraphrase, but the, the way the song goes, it says uh, that, that you, you're born, you live, you die, and then you become fertilizer, and then you go into the ground and cute little bunny rabbits uh, eat you through the flowers, and they live for a little bit, and you die, and they go into the ground, they become fertilizer, and, and you all become part of the, the circle of life. That sounds wonderful. That's a wonderful thought, isn't it? We're all a part of the circle of life. And an atheist says, no, it's not. It's a horrible thought. The what? That any, anyone, that, anyone that you've ever loved, anyone that you've ever poured your heart and soul into, anyone that you've cared for while you're sick, anyone who cares for you, anyone you cared for becomes fertilizer and then the people behind them become fertilizer and the people behind them become fertilizer? What sort of world is that? What we come to understand is that's, a, that's not a world in which we fit. C.S. Lewis said, if I find in myself the size I can never fully satisfy, then I can only conclude that I'm not meant for here. And so we're faced with this problem, aren't we? If this is it, then it's hardly a lovely thought. More, more importantly, I think the thing that we really feel in that, the thing that, that we want is that we want a love that will last. 
We want the investment to be something that is worthy and noble and eternal. We want a love that lasts. And so on one hand, on one hand, someone like Camus says, look, if we're all believing in something, that's what he says. We're all believing in something. We're all either believing that in the circle of life and when we die, we rot and we become flowers or we're believing in something else today, this morning. And he says, at least have the gumption not to be naive to think out the implications of what it is that you believe and to understand that the pull of your heart is a desire for a love that lasts. And so on one hand, don't be naive about the reality that we all face today. It's as real for them back then and as real for us this morning. Last time I checked, the mortality rate in the world is 100%. Well, 99.999. And because come Sunday, we realize that death is an asymptotic curve and that it's never fully victorious. So on one hand, don't be naive, but this morning, please do not be despondent. Because in the midst of blackness and horror and death, we Christians on a day like this start talking about a, a, a word that seems diametrically opposed, love. Tina Turner got it right. She asked the question every modern person asks. What's love got to do with it? <laughs> What's love but just a secondhand emotion? <laughs> What's love got to do with death? Everything. In fact, we could flip it around, could we, and say that death is always central to love. You know what it's like if you've been in a marriage. You start with the little deaths. You have to wake up. Make cups of tea, 5.30 in the morning, whilst you're sleepy and your partner's not. You have to unstack dishwashers. There's many deaths to your will in order to display your love. I'm, I can hear an amen here. <laughs> Death is always associated with love. Consider parenting. Oh, man. How many times we dream about those Years of just lying on a beach without getting sand kicked in your face. <laughs> or sleeping beyond 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> There's always a death associated with love. Whether it's cups of teas or dishwashers or, or whether it's going after the child that, that seems delinquent and you can never quite rest until they're with you. Death is always associated with love. And isn't it ironic that, that the, the size and the nature of death often is the pointer to the size and the nature of the object of your love? If it's true, if it's true of marriages, if it's true of friendships, if it's true of parenting, if it's true of caring for a parent, then this is the question for us this morning. What, what is this love? If we come to the great and the most famous verse of the entire Bible where it says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. If the God of the universe gives his only child, what does the size and the nature of that death say about the size and the nature of the object of his love? 
And so what it means when, it's, when he says that God for so loved the world, the world, that God so loved the Aussie and the Asian, and he so loved the CEO and the housing commission resident, that he loved the heterosexual and the homosexual. Last time I checked, the world was pretty comprehensive. If God so loved the world, then what must it mean for those who are the object of his love? Some of you I know, some of you would think, a modern person thinks, well, why did Jesus have to die? Oh, couldn't, he just, couldn't he just tell us that? Last time I checked, uh, a love felt is never one that has been told to you but shown. And more importantly, <laughs> the nature of that death shows that there is purpose in the death, moving towards the object of that death. Let me put it this way with an illustration. If you had a friend and you're walking by the Yarra River down in Melbourne and the friend says, do you want to tell you how much I love you? And they jump into a river and they drown. Is, is that sensible? <laughs> if they did that, you'd, you'd say it's, it's nice at best, and it, but frankly, it's, it's idiotic. On the other hand, if you had tripped and fell and slipped into that river... And they jumped in to save you because you couldn't swim. And in pushing you to the bank so you survive, they die. What does that say about how much they love you? And so as we get ready to come and reflect on what it is that has happened here, outside of Jerusalem a couple of thousand years ago. First thing I want you to invite you to do this weekend is to begin to believe again. To, to on one hand, if, if, like Camus says, to not be naive. And if you don't believe that God sent his son to die for you, then at least have the gumption to live out the implications of that belief. But I want to invite you to wonder again that what if this is true? What if God did send his son to die for you? If that, if that is a truth, then it can mean only one of two things this morning. On one hand, it could mean that he didn't need to do that, in which case I would agree with you that Jesus is an idiot. And as we head to Sunday, he would be the universal April Fool. But if he did it, and it was purposed, and it was effective, then on one hand it, it could mean, and we feel this, that when it comes to death, we're in way more trouble than we dared realize. But if that is the size and the nature of his death, then it shows you this morning, wherever you sit on the faith spectrum, that you're a thousand times more loved than you've ever realized this morning. And so I want us to come back to the cross this weekend. A Christian is someone who is always 
believing again on hearing that news. A Christian is always someone who comes to recognize both the size and the scope of the love that has been pointed in their direction. And a Christian is someone who constantly opens himself up to recognize that we're in, we're in more trouble than we dared realize. Camus got it. Bette Midler got it. That if that is all there is, then it is terribly sad. But if this is true, then we're more loved than we ever did imagine. And the glimpses are a glimpse of an eternity that does stretch forever. When it will all come back to us. No more tears. No more crying. A lasting love. And a love that will be forever. Let's pray. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.